Welcome, everyone. This is all about Windows Phone Insight Podcast 175, recording this on Tuesday, the 22nd of March, 2016. I'm Steve Litchfield. With me, I have Rafe Blanford. Hello, everybody. Yes, good to be here for another All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast. We're going to be covering the usual topics, although I suspect this week there'll be a little more heated discussion, or certainly it's a somewhat more controversial topic than we sometimes cover, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. I should apologise, first of all. So we, having said we're going to be talking a lot about continuum and remote desktop in this podcast, we're not because things have happened and we'll push that a week or two into the future. Yeah, the Windows 10 mobile upgrade for existing Windows Phone 8.1 users finally went live uh, about three or four days ago as we record this. Um, originally, it was a kind of rumoured for late 2015, and it has slipped, let's be honest, by about two or three months. Um, Microsoft would argue that the OS was born, if you like, with the, the retail availability of the Lumia 950 and 950XL at the end of November last year. Um, anyone who's actually tried the devices and tried the OS, especially on the Insiders program, knows full well that they've still been uh, dotting I's, crossing T's, and generally inserting extra letters into the alphabet as they go along. And then I, I would argue that with this release, um, now at the end of March 2016, I would say the, the Windows 10 Mobile is kind of done um, in the sense that it is now ready for the prime time. There are a few very minor glitches, and I've still got my sheet beside my monitor of things which I'd like to see fixed. Thank you very much, Microsoft, not least some of the stuff in the, the Windows 10 camera on the older devices. But basically, the OS is done, and most general users could probably upgrade without seeing uh, too much of a problem. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean... Part of me still feels like there's there's work to do, but I guess you get used to a platform being more stable once it's sort of got more mature, and no doubt there's going to continue to be updates. And if I think back to the early days of any platform, yeah, you, you do typically get kind of uh, problems, and that applies, I guess, you know, desktop, mobile, word, Android, iOS, many other platforms as well. Uh, it's just the nature of software development, really. Um, you yeah. know, when you're talking about kind of a point release, those are generally ones that are bug fixing or doing a performance improvements or stability. When you have those big bang release, the major numbers, you know, it, things are less stable. And I feel actually what we've got, I mean, it, it's not the right way to talk about it in one sense, but this is now got to the point where we're, we're on Windows 10 mobile and it's version 10.03 or something. Um, Maybe it, normally it would be best to wait for 10.1, but you, you know, you can always put back that date. I think things are better than they were when, you know, the 950 and 950 XL uh, came out. I have to add the caveat that I've not really been using it on much on the older devices. Um, I'm going to do something, upgrade a couple of devices and see how I get on with that because, um, as we, we've seen, as we've talked about, there are definitely differences. At least it feels like that way in stability and performance between some of the kind of made for Windows 10 mobile devices and some of the ones that we've been running the insider program on, on that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's your, your yeah. generally good, good rule to follow there, Steve. Yeah. And that the, the big fear I had before this um, update was upon us all was that Microsoft would literally just push the update to tens of millions, literally, of normal users who would think, what the heck is this? And they, they just push the button saying, OK, and then they'd find out their phone's interface had changed and some features are gone and other features had arrived. And they basically there'll be complete and utter confusion. I think Microsoft has been very sensible. Um, they've implemented this uh, upgrade advice utility, which not only 
introduces the concept of a next generation operating system for their phone and people can say yes or no but they have to actually go out and seek and install this upgrade advisor in the first place it also does the various checks so for example have they got enough space free on their internal disk and if they haven't it offers to um, move content to to OneDrive or move content to their SD card so it's a very sensible middle ground really this way they can send out an email to people saying Windows 10 Mobile is now here. You, you know, you qualify. You have a Lumia, whatever it is, for 535, for 640. Um, in order to upgrade, you need to just click here to install our Upgrade Advisor, which will take you through the process. I think it's a very sensible two-stage solution. And if they just tried to do the whole thing in one big push, I think there would have been chaos, Rafe. Yeah, I, it's honestly difficult to talk about this one because on the one hand, I go, yeah, absolutely right. Um there's a complexity here that you haven't got to some of the other software upgrades. And I think that's partly because Windows Phone 8 to Windows 10 Mobile is actually a bigger leap than we've uh, seen before. And I, I kind of harp back to some of the upgrades that iOS had uh, when there were kind of radical changes. And the same for Android, where people did get frustrated and, and did get annoyed. And so there's obviously two sizes. On the other hand, you do look at com- maybe eight to nine in the iOS world where you know, it did just kind of happen and people are quite accustomed to software updates now. So I don't know how much handholding they need in one sense. You know, it would be great if all that complexity could be taken away. But I also have to acknowledge that actually there are issues around this update and there's certainly, you know, this advisor is needed because, you know, it may be shortage of space or some other factor. And certainly you see the pain points when that happens elsewhere where you don't have this kind of smart assistant. And I think when you, you take into account the fact that this is a big change, and I mean that both in terms of the kind of the apps and the under the hood services, but also the look and feel, you know, this is a much bigger upgrade than say eight to 8.1. I actually think taking this um, step makes a lot of sense. And also I think you have to consider that a lot of uh, Windows phone users, you know, that was their first smartphone and they may not be, you know, particularly technically literate and they you know it's easy for us to talk about software upgrades and understanding it um and people who have got experience of ios but a lot of people who are in this uh windows phone install base don't fall into that category and so you need to think about it more from their perspective and so having this windows 10 upgrade advisor it, it does seem like a sensible middle ground to me part of me wants to go but i'd just like to see it all happen it to be smooth and, and the, not to be these problems but that's probably wishing for a rather utopian situation and actually there's a whole bunch of decisions that have been made that kind of render that null and void when it actually comes to thinking about it practically in the real world so to me this is a very rational very sensible decision even if it's a bit disappointing from the kind of the pure user experience point of view and it's not as seamless perhaps as i would like a software upgrade to be it's kind of a tool to fix some problems and coverovers and patches. And so in that sense, it's a great user experience, but you just wonder, is there a better way of doing this? I mean, what's your view on that, Steve? If there wasn't this kind of complexity of the picture around Windows 10 Mobile and these big changes, would, in general, you rather see, as we have actually with the Insider program, just these kind of over-the-air updates? Or do you think there is such that big leap, and as I take about this, an audience that's maybe not familiar with the software upgrades, that this is the better approach? Just looking at the list of benefits and changes, I mean, it's easy to say, okay, Windows um, Windows Phone 8.1 to Windows 10 Mobile, it's just, a, just another version. It's like iOS 8 to iOS 9. But the sheer number of things which don't have equivalents from one OS to the other, this literally is an entire new operating system with some overlapping compatibility of applications. Um, 
I mean, just have a look at the news story that we'll link to in the show notes. I, it is a huge, mm. huge update. Um, and as for that reason, I, st- I think they've been sensible. I, I do suspect, and there was there were rumors coming out of uh, America last week, that there would be a second wave I, of of um, OSH, pure over-the-air pushed updates. In other words, Microsoft were going to monitor what happens with the upgrade advisor, monitor how many people upgrade, what their experience was like, how much work the upgrade advisor had to do potentially. And then from there, they then say, okay, we're now two months on. It's gone very smoothly. We've, we've, you know, we've tweaked the, the upgrade file. We're now going to push it as a suggested update through, through the normal, um, phone updates channel in settings. I, th- I suspect it may not ever happen. I suspect they may just leave the upgrade advisor in place because it's such a, an elegant way of stopping people who would otherwise hit huge problems with, um, you know, 300 megabytes free on their internal disk and wondering why wonder what the heck they can delete it's an elegant way of sorting out normal users the the geeks who listen to all about windows phone they'll be miles past this they'll have downloaded yeah. the program on uh, 30 seconds after availability and they've upgraded their phones on day one they'll have been on the insiders program for a year but, but then the regular joe i think it's an excellent way to go and i, I will be surprised if they actually do push ahead with that second wave of just pure pushed uh, upgrades. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, you need to think about it, not from our own perspective, perhaps, but from kind of a user who's going to be more risk averse and may not understand some of the, the things involved. And certainly, you know, the space is obviously a big one, especially considering some of the low end devices may not have uh, that much available. I think we should also recall that Microsoft has been somewhat burnt by kind of pushing updates to desktop Windows 10 out sort of automatically. And you can, you know, how automatic and how much that's been pushed is maybe a, a matter for a wider discussion. But I think particularly when you think about, you know, the way dialogues pop up on the phone, you know, would you like to update? It's very easy for someone to just go, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, it's just a regular update. And then there to be this massive change. And given that this is a, a bigger thing, you know, I, I think it probably is a sensible approach. But if I may suggest one modification, what I would have liked <laughs> to have seen is this uh, Windows 10 upgrade advisor kind of pushed onto the phone and then maybe something popped up on the phone to make you aware of it. Because I think it's quite a big ask to, for, you know, people to become aware of this just through either looking at the news or maybe getting a bit of email. I think you could have just worked a little bit harder to try and get people over that first fence and sort of into yeah. this Windows 10 upgrade advisor. And it certainly would have been possible to just do a small update or to, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm saying force an app installed onto the phone itself. Yeah, of course they could have just put it, highlighted it in the store and had it one of the uh, top highlighted oh, all, all items. That too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's kind of various ways you could do this. It it just feels like there's perhaps just a little more work to do. I mean, maybe it, perhaps being a bit picky here, but um, you're right. And actually having your hand held and knowing about some of the problems that might come up is actually a really great thing because certainly I think we've probably all been through software updates when something hasn't gone quite wrong, uh, quite wrong, quite right. And, you know, I've, that's been memory space or a download's been corrupted or something like that. And if you can, the more of those you can remove, of course, the better because, you know, you reduce support costs, reduce user frustration. So, yeah, on balance, I think this is probably the right way to go. Um, and as you say, actually, it's a pretty elegant solution. Uh, it's worth noting uh, the, I guess, the most controversial point about this whole thing um, is that the there's a, a limited um, range of devices for which it's being officially um, given. Now, this, I say limited, it's still, quote, the majority, and I'll come back to that word in a moment. Uh, very, very quickly, Lumia 430, 435, 532, 535, 540, 635, the one gig RAM version only, 640, 640 XL, 730, 735, 830, 930, 1520, the icon maybe, <laughs> the Blue Win HD, W510, Blue Win HD LTE, 
And then the MCJ Madosma Q501. That completely escapes me what that is. Um, the most contra, which is fine. That basically these are the Snapdragon X100 devices. I two at two ten, four hundred, eight hundred, and above devices. Um, also, also nearly all quad core and all with one gig of RAM and eight gigabyte internal, which is kind of the minimum specification I, I predicted last July. So I'm kind of redeemed in, in that sense. Um, the devices controversially, which weren't um, deemed given the official upgrade with the Lumia 520, 525, 620, it's the 635, the 512 meg RAM version, 728, 29, 29, 25, 1020, and 1320. Now, there are a couple of much-loved devices in there, Rafe, not least the 1020, which I like, and the 920 was very, very popular amongst our crowd. And, of course, the 520 was the biggest-selling Windows phone of all. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, um, now, there, there are a couple of quotes that people are throwing at me on Twitter. One was, well, they're both from January 2015. So let's face it, this was uh, 14 months ago and a good full three or four months before any real world insiders previews were available on real world hardware. And, when, and basically, at January 2015, the only working copies of Windows 10 Mobile were on customized 1520s that people like Joe Belfiore were throwing around. So uh, Chris Weber on, said at the time, he said, uh, not every phone will get the upgrade, which is fair enough. I think that's, we've seen that. And he also said the majority would. Um, and I quit question at the time in an editorial, which I can probably link to in the show notes, uh, saying that by majority, does he mean that the majority in terms of units shipped, i.e. of the installed base, or does he mean the majority of the models, as in if you were to line up all the models, would more, devi- more devices get it than not, which also has come true. Um the, the, the quote which people are complaining about are really are people like Terry Myerson, who on stage at that January 2015 event referred to all devices would get um, the from Windows Phone 8.1 up to Windows 10, which obviously is proved to be misleading, uh, or either that or horribly optimistic. I, I'm tending towards the latter. I think Terry Myerson, he's, a, he's a, obviously a reasonably technical chap, and he's been working for Microsoft for donkey's years. But I suspect that at that stage, only he had ever seen working demos of Windows 10 Mobile given to him by people like Joe Belfiore on these very high-end Snapdragon 800 devices. I, I strongly suspect at that point no one had really seriously tried running the OS on the the older S, Snapdragon S4-based devices like the 520, the 720, 820, 1020, etc. So they, they, they were hopeful, obviously, optimistic that it would work, and that's why Terry Myerson came out with all devices somewhat glibly in the middle of a, a general sales spiel about all the Windows um, 8 and 8.1 and Windows 7 desktops would get the free upgrade to Windows 10, and this was kind of a, a, an add-on to that. Chris Weber, which who I do a name I, I do trust rather more and m- rather more t- technical, certainly at the, uh, the in terms of communicating with the blogosphere. So his words at around the same time: not everyone, not every phone will get the upgrade, and the majority will. I rather I put more trust in that. And as time has as time has shown over the course of the Insiders program, and I've said over and over and over again in 2015, I seriously doubt that d- devices X, Y, and Z with their and the 512 RAM, etc., and their older processors, I seriously doubt these will get the upgrade. And I'll come back to the 1020 again in a minute, Rafe, but I just thought I'd let you in with a, your reaction to some of those quotes and expectations. Yeah, so, I mean, there's clearly several issues here, and it's, it's quite obvious it's raised a bit of a, a, a storm, maybe a bit of a storm in a teacup, given the, the size of the community and the number of people talking about this, but nonetheless, it's something we really want to address on the podcast. I think first, talking about the, the language itself, um, Yes, you can sort of 
put some caveats around it and say they meet the conditions. But honestly, I think uh, the expectation when they said the majority, we weren't talking about a 51% majority, we were thinking 80-90%. And I think it's quite clear they haven't achieved that. From all the ways it was talked about, I think it's reasonable to say that at least some of the devices on the list that haven't been updated were expected to be updated. And you know, something like the Lumia 520 and maybe the 925 are, are, are kind of good examples of that. Um, whichever way you dice those kind of statements, I think there has been a shortfall in in what was expected. Now, maybe that's the fault of Microsoft for the way they talked about it, um, but I honestly think they actually intended to update more devices and that's why they you know, weren't very careful around the language and you know whether you say all or majority as i said uh, to me it felt like 90 percent. but also what i've learned from this is i probably should listen to steve more often because as you quite <laughs> rightly say you've been saying for a long time that you didn't think the 512 yeah. megabyte device would make it and i was sort of confident based actually on many of these statements and the fact that the insider program was done run on these devices that it absolutely would and i think your point has been proved pretty convincing We'll get into the reasons why maybe a little bit later, but I, I honestly think this is a bit of Microsoft shooting itself in the in the, the foot, and they're doing uh, nothing for the goodwill for a lot of loyal users. You know, some of the people who have got Lumia devices that may be a bit long in the tooth, relatively speaking, but you know, still are very capable. And, and so, to me, this feels like a misstep. So I certainly understand the frustration of people out there complaining about this and say that Microsoft has kind of broken its promises in all of these things. I mean, I think you used a phrase that, you know, you never guaranteed a software upgrade until it arrives, regardless of what's said. But, you know, you, you go, you have to trust what Microsoft said. So I probably take a slightly harsher line than you on this, Steve, in terms of um, I think Microsoft has failed to deliver. And I actually think there's some good reasons for this. Um, you know, the, the reasons that Microsoft is promulgating, it's, you know, talking about these differences in hardware. And it's pretty clear, as you pointed out, there is a difference between effectively the quad core and the one gigabyte RAM devices and the dual core and the lower RAM devices. Now, there are a couple of exceptions to that in there. We might touch on those later. Um, but if you look at things like the 430 being included, in this compatible list, I would suggest that means that the processing power available on especially the Snapdragon S4, the higher end device like sort of 720 upwards, certainly suggests to me that they would be capable from a processor point of view. And it does increasingly look like uh, RAM might be the kind of limiting factor here, even allowing for some of the other factors involved. So I think it's actually, if you look at it, it's actually the combination of basically being an older hardware family. And as we know from yeah. previous discussions, there are several hardware families within Windows Phone. And basically that hardware family, the combination of that older S4 based processor and the limited RAM is actually what's been ruled out there. So there's a fairly consistent pattern in terms of the hardware. So I think people need to appreciate it's not just about one factor or the other. You can't point at you know, a low processor device being included and then say, oh, but the 520 or whatever is, is similar to that. Yes, that's true. But actually in smartphones, you have to talk about the totality of the hardware. It's kind of the system on a chip plus the RAM all kind of together give you the performance. And actually that's why we've talked about in the past um, benchmarks being relatively meaningless and it's actually the feel of the device that matters. Now, none of this takes away from the fact, uh, you know, I think it's really disappointing. And certainly I think people like 630 owners, um, 
5.20 may be pushing a bit, but certainly 9.20 and 13.20 in particular, I think can feel a bit hard done by that they're not getting this update. Now, whether that should be a massive stimulant, a massive, excuse me, a massive thing and a big complaint is maybe another issue that we'll get onto, but probably pass it back to you now, Steve. Yeah. Um, one thing Microsoft did make a big, um, uh, emphasis on is the fact that they were listening to the insiders feedback all along and people now people who've been on the insiders program will know that all all through the program you get various prompts from microsoft saying how likely are you to recommend this software to a friend or colleague and uh, questions like that and basically they, they've been monitoring that feedback much to our surprise and uh, and that's the the core um statistic that they've used to base their decision not to roll out officially uh, certainly at the moment to the 920 925 and 1020 which are probably the three most high profile devices i'd feel left off now many people listening to this podcast will have been trying the insiders program um trying windows 10 mobile on just about every single windows phone 8.1 device that most of the lumias were compatible so for example i've been tried trying on a lumia 520 and you think well you know, how did that go, Steve? It was utterly horrible. I have to say, even with the very latest build, 164, 10586.164, the very latest, smoothest, most bug-free version of Windows 10 Mobile, it, it was a completely horrible experience. It's so slow on the Lumia 520. And I can absolutely see that you would not recommend that to a friend or colleague. It's purely an exercise in geekdom, just getting the OS to run on that. And this is a really important point, isn't it? Because it's actually about the real world experience. And I suspect a lot of people criticizing this are to some extent armchair generals, if you will, and they may not have tried it out on all of these devices. Now, apologies if you have tried it out and you find it an acceptable user experience, but I would agree with Steve because I've upgraded a couple of old devices to see what it was like. And in contrast to Windows Phone 8, where I've always argued the performance difference hasn't been that great or it's not that you've noticed it uh, to a great extent, that wasn't really true with the Insider program. Um, there are some devices that do surprise me a bit on this. I mean, the 1320 I might, as I said, have picked out as one um, because I do remember trying all that and thinking, yeah, this is, this is all right. Um, but as you say, Microsoft has been collecting feedback. So I do do think, as you say, the experience is driving a lot of this, and as, that's as it should be. And particularly with these older devices, people who are still on them, I think may be less concerned about getting the latest and the greatest, and will be much more concerned about having, you know, a good, stable experience with reasonable performance. And you know, that's yeah. that's why this decision, uh, I think, has been made. Um, it it does upset geeks, I think, quite understandably, because there was this expectation, and you know, particularly when all these devices have been running, um, you know, the Windows 10 Mobile Insider program. In, in one sense, this is the problem for Microsoft. They've got all the plaudits for running that and allowing you to run it on any device, but it has shown that, at least from a, a technical point of view, the devices are capable of running it. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that translates into good w- real-world experience. If I was going to be a bit cynical about this, though, I think there may be another factor at play. And I think we have to recognize that Microsoft has cut the number of engineers in the devices and service division. A lot of those Nokia people who were specialists in doing this kind of hardware integration and would have known these devices back to front because they worked on them in their original form. And what's happened is it's kind of, you can lay over the general version and Windows 10 Mobile works on the devices, absolutely. But in order to get the most out of them, you kind of have to tune it to the specific hardware. And one part of that is the hardware family. 
And they may have been able to do that. Another part of that is the individual hardware and all the variants itself. And as we know, there's lots of variants. It's not just uh, dual SIM. It's also for different operators for different countries. And I'm not sure Microsoft had the engineering resource to be able to do that, certainly um, for the individual device and quite probably at this hardware family level as well. I think the reason for that is because it has cut engineers. And I suspect a lot of people who did work on those devices, even if they uh, haven't been uh, made redundant, they've actually chosen to leave. And so I think there's actually a resource gap here that is one of the big reasons that Microsoft has chosen not to go down this. And it, it probably could have fixed some of this if it wanted to, but it would require a lot of a lot of engineering time. And they didn't have the experienced engineers who might have been able to do it in a reasonable time frame for a reasonable amount of effort or cost, if you like. And so I, it, I can't help but be somewhat suspicious that that's also a factor here. So quite understandably, Microsoft has prioritized the more recent devices, the one that are are going to be able to run Windows 10 Mobile with the best possible experience. So I think yeah. those who are sitting out there and going, I bet Microsoft could have made it work. Yeah, actually, you're probably right. But, you know, it, in the hard hard light of you know, business world and those things, uh, Microsoft has probably made the decision that it had to, however unpopular it might be. And I'm sure it was quite well aware that it would cause something of a storm in the community by making this announcement. Uh, and not keeping people happy. And I'm not sort of excusing them doing that, um, but I kind of have to look at it from both sides. One, be very frustrated as a consumer. So I have to go, part of me is being an armchair journal because I'm not using any of these low-end devices that have been left behind. There are some that are, and you're absolutely entitled to feel hard done by. But if you look at, from a hard numbers point of view, you are going to concentrate on the devices that are more likely to be updated that are running on, you know, people who, who care about this stuff. And, you know, of course, there is a minority that gets really annoyed and frankly pissed off about it. But, you know, it, it is a prioritization exercise and it happens all the time in the business world. Yeah. And uh, we've been seeing actually for about a year and a half now, Microsoft uh, optimizing their applications and operating system for the Snapdragon X100 series processors, starting with the, with the 400. I know we now, we've now gone down to the 210, but basically let's assume it's 400 and upwards. And I, I did various uh, videos showing the difference. For example, going back to Skype, resuming Skype on the older S4 devices and the newer Snapdragon 400 devices. And it was like night and day. And I think that those optimizations, as you quite rightly say, they've been happening across all applications and the whole OS now, right through Windows 10 Mobile development. And as you say, I think it's a margin call on the Lumia 1020, the 920, the 925. Those are probably the three biggest profile devices um, on the S4 S4 processor family. I, as people know, I've done several devices, several editorials now saying, yes, um, the Lumia 1020 is your Xenon flash uh, equipped Windows 10 mobile flagship, etc. And then, then two weeks later, I get all the solution and I write the opposite editorial. I, I flip flop two or three times and I, I'm picky. I am geeky. I am technical and I can't make up my mind really. I ultimately ended up putting it back on 8.1, but it, it literally was a margin call and you can picture the feedback coming into Microsoft on the rest devices, you know, Lumia 520. Uh, 10% likely to recommend it. I think, well, it's definitely not going to give the upgrade to that device then. And there's the figures, the 1020 and 920, 925, they've got to be around the 50% mark. I'd be surprised if it was anything different as 60, 40 in favor of not giving it. In other words, it was pretty close to call. And ultimately, they just decided, look, we've had more negative feedback than positive feedback for the OS on this 1020. So it's going to stay on 8.1. And we should make the absolute 
um, clarification, which is a huge um, letting everyone off the hook in the set. The Insiders program is still going, despite rumours to the contrary. And to, as I understand, until Redstone, which is the Windows 10 Mobile 10 490, whatever it is, branch, until that's released for production devices, and that's not going to be until the summer this year at earliest, until that happens, the Insiders program will still be available for all, all of these old devices so that people can even up to... April, May, June 2016, people can take a Lumia 520 or a 720 or an 820 or 1020, whatever, hop on the Insiders program, and they get, bang, straight up the very latest Windows 10 mobile threshold, the 10.586 branch, latest version, with all the applications, and they can they can say, I accept the risk, I accept the fact that my phone won't be quite as smooth as it was under 8.1, but I want to be part of this brave new world. That avenue is still open, and even even come summer 2016, these two, three, four-year-old devices, um, okay, they may not then have OS updates after that, but they'll still be perfectly usable for another year, another two years, with application updates by the store. In other words, we'll then get to a point where things like uh, Lumia 920 might be four or five years old, but with a very, very recent, uh, relative recent uh, OS, and actually bang up to date applications. I think that's not a bad outcome for us in a four or five-year-old phone. Yeah, I mean, we do have to apply some caution here because we're not quite sure what's going to happen over the next few months when you try and get these uh, devices on the new version if you're doing it from now but obviously if it's already on your phone that's not going to change um, we should point out the updates will stop at some point and that may be in the next few months or as Steve was suggesting there may be in the summer um, and yeah in, in one sense it's kind of that's fulfilled the promise of getting it onto the next version it was always going to be unlikely to you know go on beyond that for what would have been windows um 11 mobile or whatever it would have been called and i think actually <laughs> this is an important point um the decision that microsoft made is not just about the kind of this current windows 10 mobile if it had said yes we're going to support those they would have all then become supported devices for the next version potentially or at least to be thought about and you'd have had to make a decision there and so supporting as you say you know three-year-old device on redstone does that then become uh, practical and again i suspect this is a resource issue that you know you can maybe put part of it on you know how big a number of devices do you have to have to kind of open up a branch specifically for this and you see this with um you know apple iphone updates you know the old devices will get a subset of functionality that makes sense if you've got millions of devices out there but for a windows phone it's a smaller community a smaller ecosystem it's it's harder to make those kind of decisions and i actually think for things like the 925 the 1020 and even the, the 920 as well microsoft and or nokia as it was then didn't sell tens of millions of these devices we are probably talking about maybe a few hundred thousand now being active in the wild and so it's not vast numbers of devices and so you know the kind of cost benefit ratio does come into this and um again it's not fair or it's a bit unpleasant for the people who are using these devices um but you need to see both sides of it i mean as i said all of this we're kind of talking around you know what feels like a, a subject that's generated a lot of heat and there's been you know the big comment threads on the site and i don't want to be you know, too much of a kind of apologizing for for microsoft but at the same time i think it's important to see it from both sides I will say that I think Microsoft could have done a much better job communicating kind of the issues around this earlier on. And it's clearly disappointed a lot of people. But I would also contrast that against Microsoft could have decided not to include these devices at all in the insider program. And maybe it's learned something, you know, for the future. It might be a little bit more cautious uh, next time round. And so 
all, all I guess I'm saying is there's, you know, there's always more than one way to view this kind of topic or this kind of yeah. challenge when it does appear. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to put something into perspective. The Let's take the Lumia 920, a classic device. You know, it was, you you had one loved it. I had one loved it. They're one of the most popular phones for the All About Windows Phone community. It was released in September 2012. In other words, at the point where Terry Myerson and Chris Webber and Joe Belfiore stood up on stage and said, we are announcing that Windows 10 is a thing and Windows 10 Mobile will be coming in in a year or so's time. So they were literally just announcing it. They hadn't even written the code for it at that point, but they were announcing it. Even at that point, the Lumia 920 was still two and a half years old. <laughs> so people already, you know, they, they bought it on contract. The contract had already expired. It was a two and a half year old phone then. It was a three and a half year old phone now when the Windows 10 Mobile officially comes out. The fact that you can you can upgrade it via Insider, say, as I say, for another year and a half or so in terms of application updates at least, that's a five-year-old spam, which is an enormous longevity for a smartphone. I I still don't see why people are getting quite so hot under the collar. I, I, I've got a 920 here, and I'm, I think I will upgrade it to the uh, Insiders program and leave that on Windows 10 Mobile simply so I can benchmark how it all works. I would say that having just said that it might be available still until say summer 2016 if you are thinking of upgrading one of your old devices the the s4 based devices you might want to do it sooner rather than later just yeah. in case someone at microsoft flips a switch on a server thinking this isn't needed anymore and you lose the facility so do do it sooner rather than later but it's i i really i still fail to see quite why so many people are getting hot under the collar well i, I think there's two reasons for it. i mean people will look at um elsewhere and the iphone is the obvious example where they feel the updates have you know come as promised and been a lot smoother i mean in in, in one sense microsoft's mobile platform has always sat between iphone and android in the way it approaches things and um uh, android's actually an easy target so it doesn't deliver updates because actually some devices do get updated but certainly when you get to the timescales you're talking about those updates do tend to drop away and so having the expectation that you would run something equivalent to the 920 on the most recent version of android basically isn't going to happen uh, unless you're on maybe a nexus device and even then there's going to be a bunch of caveats i think the other thing is that there's i mean Maybe it's just the village mob mentality. Once people start talking about things, they get wound up and get frustrated. And that's why I'm trying to take a slightly more step back approach and try and think through all the things here. <laughs> um, I, I think we do have to acknowledge, though, that um, Microsoft has made something of a misstep in the communications. And certainly, whether that was, um, you know, a mistake, people had the perception that a lot of these devices would get it. And I think that was not helped by the fact there was this Windows 10 mobile insider program yeah. with all yeah. the devices running it. Um, would people have made much difference if Microsoft had said, by the way, you might not get this big flag or big notice no, I, I, I don't think it could win in any two ways. So for those that are complaining about this, I mean, I think the alternative scenario that we could talk about is where Windows 10 Mobile was just made available in beta version on just a few devices much later on, maybe in sort of the October, November timeframe. And then when the launch devices happened, obviously the 950, 950 XL and kind of a much more closed down system and would sort of be expressing disappointment that 8.1 devices weren't being updated quite as they were expected to be. But I suspect there'd be less noise around this. And so I think Microsoft has dug its own grave a little bit here and people have probably had slightly unrealistic expectations. And, you know, if you want to say this in favour of Microsoft, you're going to say they've actually made a brave decision by um, 
effectively promoting the importance of experience and user experience and that performance and how people yeah. are going to find their device in the real world over kind of the baying geek mob that wants their software updates at all costs. I actually think the truth is somewhere in between the two of those. And I think there's perhaps a little bit of unrealistic expectations from some, but at the same time, I think Microsoft should have handled it better. And in one sense, it doesn't really matter if they should have handled it better or not. There are people that have been disappointed and that will now feel disillusioned with uh, Microsoft and arguably with the Lumia brand as well. And it doesn't help that there is this kind of ongoing narrative that uh, Microsoft has kind of killed off knock-in all the things that was best about its devices. And I myself am not unsympathetic to that story. And I, I do feel that Microsoft has perhaps been unduly harsh on the device and service division. With my business hat on, I go, actually, they probably made all the right decisions and they did did what was sensible from a bottom line point of view. But because these are our personal devices, people do tend to get quite emotionally invested in them. And I'm no exception. And I can't help but shed a tear because, and I've said so, the way I talked about the 950 and the design language around that, and it would have been better as a Nokia device and all those kind of things come up. And I think it it, it ties into a a much broader story. And it it does feel to me, if I'm honest, that um, Microsoft has taken away some of what made the Nokia devices personally attractive to me um and you know there's a a very subjective emotional element to that um but i think that does happen in these consumer products that we pick up and use every day and it's you know one of the very few products that basically never leaves your your side so it does evoke very strong reactions in people and uh, and we shouldn't be surprised by that yeah just looking across the rest of the industry i mean we saw the the mess that iOS 9, for example, made with things like the iPhone 4S. Um, Indeed. <laughs> making it really rather slow. And I've, I've got one here. And it's like, as a someone who just picks up an iPhone and plays with it, it's okay to play with, but I really wouldn't be, want to be using it as my main device. And, and in the Android world, there's been numerous examples, and Sony are particularly bad at this, um, of upgrading uh, Android phone, for example, from Android 4 to Android 5. And, and the resulting experience being pretty horrible and needing quite a few updates to get it even tolerable so this really isn't a phenomenon used to unique to microsoft we've, we've seen this in each of the different ecosystems and manufacturers having to make some hard calls and no just but looking it, at the way yeah yeah it, it doesn't actually excuse microsoft doing it, it itself it should have known better i think is the argument you get against that i mean i absolutely agree with what you're saying um and in that sense that's why i say i think microsoft's actually been quite brave in saying no we're not going to release it it's actually doing the thing that's it's being the voice yeah, of a consumer yeah. i guess and doing the right thing and i i feel somewhat mixed emotions about because actually you know in that sense you can argue that they're doing doing the right thing as i said it's this contrast between wanting to be part of that baying mob wanting my software update at all costs and then i go actually i don't really care because i'm not using the devices day to day that it's affected by at all so you know i'm i'm getting uh, upset on behalf of uncle bob who does use the 520 but honestly couldn't care whether he has windows 10 mobile or not he'll be far more concerned over some of the services that might stop working in the future because you know actually these modern smartphones are so reliant on kind of external factors and we saw this in the symbian world and we've seen it on earlier versions of ios and android you know when stuff stops working if you haven't upgraded the software that can be quite frustrating i suspect that's probably a bigger pain point in the real world for normal users than this ability to get a, a software upgrade or not i mean we we're talking about here last week it appears that's going to be continue to be supported on windows phone 8 but i'm sure there's going to be people nervous around that and i know we've had um, some comments about uh, here public transport and the stability of the service around that and so 
it's probably just to point out there's actually other things probably to be more concerned about for the kind of users and the, the, the audience that we're talking about here when we talk about these kind of devices that are being you know left behind or being ignored or being shuffled off by Microsoft. Yeah, I was amused, and I put a link of interest on the site to a little editorial over on Android Central. Jerry Hildenbrand, very technical chap I respect over there, right, seeing, the, from, seeing this whole um, saga from completely the opposite perspective, saying this is, what Microsoft has done has been incredible. Why can't Android manufacturers do things as well as Microsoft? <laughs> it just made me laugh. Yeah. Well, I, as I say, it's clearly uh, evoking very mixed responses, and hopefully we've been able to give people a bit of a flavour of that on, on the podcast. Um, and, you know, it, it is sometimes interesting to try and divorce your personal view because the honest truth for me is I'm not using any of those devices, so it's not going to have a big impact on me. Um, and I can understand the frustration for people who, you know, are on these older devices and don't want to upgrade and quite understandably so, but would like to have the yeah. latest. As you said, they can get Windows 10 Mobile through the Insider program. And once you're talking about a device at three or four years old, you really will get a massive experience burst if you buy a new phone, be that a Windows device or indeed any other platform. Uh, and so that's the thing to think about. But uh, I guess some people you know, are still going to find it annoying and frustrating. And uh, it, you know, I have sympathy, but as I've hopefully tried to explain, I think there's some good reasoning behind it. Microsoft perhaps has been a little disingenuous in the way it's talked about and sort of talking about these hardware limitations and so the experience limitations. But you know, how much of an expert explanation should it get into you know how deep should that go you know we've yeah. been managing to talk about it for 40 minutes on a podcast the number <laughs> of people that's going to be interested in listening all the way through to this i would have thought it's not going to be very high and we will try and return to more general topics uh, next time round because it feels like we've sort of gone into a lot of detail and somewhat unnecessarily you just go kind of the deal with it attitude or yes microsoft has done something it shouldn't have done and actually as we probably try to uh, discuss here it's a bit more shades of gray than that yeah, well, let's just switch gears very briefly before we finish. A complete, much lighter mood, gaming and leisure mm -hmm. and fun. <laughs> if you have a look at the front page of the site at the moment, Rafe, you see I've just I've put up the first draft of uh, the the counterpart to my top one percent of applications in the Windows Phone and Windows 10 Mobile world. We now have the wind the top one percent games, so they're ca nicely categorised with some nice little. Uh, uh, column header images and hopefully it's all nice nice and neatly laid out we're already get, getting some good suggestions of things i might have missed so do please have a look at that if you haven't already add in your favorite game the games you really have been trying month on month week after week and you just can't, can't live without and we'll make sure they're in that 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 top list the, the sort of the list you could bookmark and show to friends who've just got a, a compatible device say right there you are you want a few games start with that lot they're all they all come highly recommended so uh, hopefully that's of use to our re readers and listeners yeah and there's some of my favourites on there as well. What I thought seeing this list was actually I could work my way through all of these games and, you know, <laughs> there are lots to keep me occupied. And it's this interesting thing about games. People like having the latest and the greatest, and I kind of understand that because I guess it's a, a social and human behavioural thing. But from my point of view, I don't actually care about having the latest and greatest game. I just want something that will divert me for a while. And there's enough on this list that will keep me happy for however much time I might have. And actually, it's not very much. I just don't play very many games on my smartphones full stop. But there is enough here to keep me satisfied. And actually, you can revisit some of the ones that have come out maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and there's a lot of sort of the big names on here, like the Candy Crush, like the Angry Birds or Cut the Rope. But um, it's really great to see, Steve, that you've identified quite a few ones that are not necessarily unique to Windows Phone, but are perhaps not so well known. And so I think there's pretty much something for everyone on on this particular list. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's some of the, for example, darts match. You, I, I had even forgotten that one existed, but I reviewed it back in the day, and it's still available. And it still works brilliantly, and it's the way you can literally play darts on your phone and flick the darts with very realistic physics. Um, and it takes all the effort and all the expense out of playing darts. You don't have to go down <laughs> your local pub and down pints of beer and enjoy the incessant music from the jukebox i'm sounding very old and yeah, grumpy aren't I? anyway but, you can play darts on your phone with darts match there yeah. we are and i suspect there's lots of sort of um big game players who are sort of going this is not really the point i want to hear about the newer games but actually i think this is a different type of audience and this is the reality of gaming on windows phone you aren't necessarily going to get the latest and greatest but i think it's also wrong to say there's nothing to play or i can't keep myself entertained because yeah. quite clearly there is um but yes I, I would also acknowledge that obviously if you if you want the latest and greatest you're probably going to be looking at other platforms um steve would probably be slightly horrified because the number of freemium and um in-app purchase supported games that exist elsewhere in the good old days where you used to buy a game once and it uh, worked for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, things like international snooker on this list, you know, are, are some of my favorites as well, but I've actually returned to time and time again. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's a great list to look at. And actually, if you look at the companion piece, which is for apps as well, you can see that, um, you know, for people who are not app obsessed and not game obsessed, actually windows phone provides a pretty full, um, offering and enough to keep you well occupied but yeah. it's you know i i just add the caveat that this doesn't get away from the app or the game gap it's still there it's just actually probably pointing out there's hundreds of you know very high quality apps and games are available so it's not yeah. not as if you are running a feature phone that some people may sometimes <laughs> talk about windows phone as being Yes, indeed. You mentioned there that I, I get horrified by freemium. It's not true, actually. I get horrified by freemium <laughs> done badly. And just an example of that, before we finish, I reviewed a couple of days ago Doom Flight, uh, which is an arcade game. And in this arcade, it's freemium. But the freemium purchases are, get this, Rafe, 79p, which gives you enough internal cash to play play the game for a few weeks. And then I think it goes up to something like £3.79. A massive £3.79, gosh, as much as a pint of beer, which will give you a million coins and enough to play the game for years. So that's the sort of premium which works well, where it, it really is very reasonable amounts for a very reasonable, a very good game. It's when they start charging. I mean, I heard listening to 361 podcast, and I was appalled, utterly appalled, when Mr. Ewan McLeod said, oh, yes, I got into Real Racing 3 lately. It's, it's freemium, yeah. I went straight to the £80 in that purchase. It's, just the, it's exactly the sort of purchase that I completely ridicule developers for including, and he went straight for it. So I guess it just goes to show that those sort of players do tend to subsidise the rest of us. Yeah, there's, al there's always a few whales out there, but you'll be able to rest assured that uh, Ewan has uh, suffered for that particular comment because he has uh, been given a very hard time by both Ben and I, but also uh, many of our audience have written in just to sort of say, really, really, Ewan, <laughs> you're that sort of person. Um, but yeah, actually, it's a good example of, you know, it does work. Um, and actually, perhaps we should probably be a little bit more grateful because it's exactly that kind of behaviour that subsidises yeah. everybody else. And as you yeah. say, uh, in-app purchases like anything else can be abused. And so just use them responsibly if you're a developer. And I recognise there's actually a temptation always to sort of push it a little bit further because obviously you want to make as much much money as you can my kind of internal rule is i shouldn't have to spend much more on in-app purchases than i would if i bought the game outright and used it for a year so that to me generally means uh, perhaps you were suggesting there that no more than two or three pounds and that should be enough to enable me to play the game as much as i want i will make some exceptions for for games that last a bit longer or i keep yeah. on playing but that's the kind of the, the very general rule that i apply 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we must draw this podcast to a close. We should explain that this has been a slightly longer than usual discussion for obvious reasons. And also the fact that it's Easter. It's the Easter weekend here in the UK. And I think both Rafe and I are visiting family for a few days. So we're going to have to skip a week. So there'll be another All About Windows Phone Insight podcast exactly two weeks today. So you can put that in your diary. And it's been great chatting to you, Rafe, and also to our listeners. And I'll say goodbye and I'll let Rafe sign off. Yeah, it's a goodbye from me as well. As ever, thank you for listening. If you've got any comments or feedback, especially on this uh, topic we've been talking about, please let us know via any of the usual routes. But until next time, goodbye from me as well.